Good evening, boys and girls. It is the wrestling podcast on a Friday night. I am Alfred Kunawa at This Is Nasty at Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube, joined as always by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa. What's going on, girl? I don't know why you said evening because it's morning already for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good evening on the West Coast, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. <laughs> No, I'm good. I'm good. It's ready to talk about. I mean, there was no news to talk about today, right? So, no, nothing uh, big really happened at all. We'll get <laughs> to this one minor news nugget, and then we'll get on with the show uh, because it is a Friday, January sixth, and a happy White Friday to you and yours, everybody. And nobody had a better White Friday than Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself this January sixth, where he stormed WWE headquarters, and that man is back. In the chair now we're going to get all kinds of reaction i'm going to give a long story short you know the cliff notes version of what's happened and transpired in the past couple of days because it's been a lot uh it looks like vince mcmahon had uh wanted to come back we had heard those rumors over a month ago that vince mcmahon wanted back in the company he did write a former letter letter to the board of directors requesting that he comes back on the board joined by michelle wilson and george barrios who used to be co-presidents in wwe and so they got three board members seats evicted off of the board. The new board includes Vince, Michelle, and George. Of course, there was a meeting held earlier today with WWE employees to assure them that nothing's going to change. Vince McMahon's return isn't going to affect day-to-day operations. Vince McMahon feels that, quote, my return will allow WWE as well as any transactions or counterparties to engage in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder. In other words, WWE might be negotiating a sale, which is what Vince McMahon has been using as leverage, that he will not be a part of any sale. He will not sign off on any TV rights unless he's back in power. And that seems to have happened. So a lot to digest here. But long story short, Issa, Vince McMahon is back. For now, we're being told that he's back in just an executive role to pursue a sale. How do you see this playing out? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because nothing this man does surprises me or shocks me anymore, if I'm being honest with you, Alfred. But I will say if I built an empire, a global empire, the size of WWE, and if the sale rumors are true, I will want to be part of that decision and have a say on, on how things go. So from that perspective, I don't care what anybody says. I think it's the right thing to do for him. Now, taking charge of creative and this and that i can tell you that he won't do that because he's so unpredictable so it, it's a weird it's a weird situation where i'm when i'm looking at it from a business perspective i can see why he's back if the sales conversations are for real but outside of that i can see him trying to take over everything one more time and that it would actually it would actually probably be sad because i i, I am enjoying what they're doing right now with creative Yes, that's going to be very interesting. I don't think it's if, it's when. I'm actually surprised it took him this long to come back to power because knowing Vince McMahon, even from an outside-looking-in perspective, you always knew this guy was going to plot to come back. Wrestling is all this guy has ever known. He's hyper-competitive. You know, the last thing that he ever would have wanted was to not only get yeeted out of the company that he wants to work for until he dies, but to get thrown out of his own company without his control. You knew that drove him crazy. So, of course, he always would come back. 
And the thing that was interesting about this announcement to me is it was the polar opposite of how he retired. If you remember, he retired literally the minute the stock market closed. I believe it was exactly five minutes after he announced retirement so that it wouldn't affect the stock price. And then as they announced that maybe he's coming back, the stock price started creeping up. So before the market even opened, I believe the announcement was made. And boy, oh boy, I believe it went up as far as 24 to 30% in terms of the yeah. stock market explosion. It's up at $80 around. So it is mm -hmm. on fire for those people who said that, oh no, the stock Oh, I saw it all over social media. No, 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 yeah. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. I saw it all over social media. The stock is going to crush. I'm like, it's not. And I have uh, a couple of shares with WWE and I got the email and I went to check and it went way up. Oh yeah. Yes, the stock absolutely went up, the stock price. And this is kind of a carny trick. It's one of the reasons Vince McMahon really just wiped the floor with these board of directors. They had all this dirt on him. They dropped the dime on him. They seemed to bring about his demise. But maybe I watched too much succession because a couple months ago, even the day he got evicted, I expected a Logan Roy type comeback. And that's exactly what's happened. And what I would like to see is the behind the scenes. I want to see the promos Vince McMahon was cutting to get Michelle and George, who he fired out of nowhere, to get them back on his side. How did he manipulate them? How to get these other three board members off of the board like this is what i want to be seeing out of this whole saga i don't want succession but i will say that i always believed his retirement was nothing but a pr stunt waiting for everything to cool down waiting for people to not talk about it anymore and then and then we will see what his next move was going to be i i mean the, the the grapefruits on this guy to come back when these rumors are still out there and nothing has been solved. But that is Vince McMahon for you. I mean, look at look at how daring he was the night that the first report came out showing up on TV just just to just to just to it was it was a it was a big dick energy move of him to just say screw these allegations. I'm still here. I run this place, and it doesn't seem like his attitude has changed. No, not at all, and it never will. This is always going to be Vince McMahon. He's always going to be a fighter. He's always going to have a carny trick. This is the world's greatest carny because making this announcement and the way that it positively affected the stock market, I figured that when he wanted to come back, he'd do it in the summer around the time they actually negotiate this deal so that the stock price can go up and people can't say that his return affected the company in a negative way. But the way he did it now is the same effect, is that Vince McMahon negotiating a sale, which I think he's just using to get back in the door, He's negotiating that sale. And then come July, when they get offered three, four billion dollars from Amazon, he says, Oh, what sale? No, 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 no. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with this company and I'm actually gonna be in charge with creative. Because I do expect Vince McMahon to come back to creative. He only knows one speed. He's not gonna stay away from this company. I will say one thing, and I sent out a tweet today when I look at it from a business perspective. I work for notorious billionaires in new york city i know corporate america i always call it at its most evil form when that is new york city right next to wall street nothing that these billionaires do shock me anymore no. like i it's just if you work for that kind of environment why do you think I, the reason why i took a bet on myself was because one of these billionaires fired 80 percent of us days into the pandemic just to yeah. save money that's that's just what they do this is just their attitude so nothing really shocks me here when i look at it from a business perspective that's just what they do and there's not going to be anybody else i know a lot of people are saying oh there must be a lot of yes man this and that it doesn't matter there's nobody that's going to tell them what to do they're going to do whatever they want at the end of the day yeah, absolutely. And especially, and the thing that always helped Vince McMahon is the ownership, the controlling ownership where this company does not get sold without his blessing. This company does not sign a TV negotiation without his blessing. That's essentially what he used as leverage to force his way back into the company. And I mean, you just got to... 
the man aside, the character aside, the horrible stories that we've heard, obviously, you know, all of that aside, just strictly from a business standpoint, looking at how he did this, this was masterful. This Vince McMahon kicked the crap out of this board of directors. And I really, I don't want to say I can't believe it because I've been calling this since the day it happened. It does not surprise me that he's back. I'm just impressed at how easily, really, it seems that he was able to come back into this company. Yep. It was meant to happen. The company's his. He created this and okay. <laughs> yes, it's wild. We'll see what happens next. Uh, I think a lot of people expect some more drama on that front, including Sega Genesis, front of the show, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Triple H versus Vince McMahon is the wrestling equivalent of John Connor, Sarah Connor, and the Terminator versus T-1000 from Terminator 2 Judgment Day. God, Glenn would have loved that. I love that too as a big fan of Terminator. That's a great, Glenn, that's course, a great reference. Time. Yep, I do love I do love Terminator, so uh, I appreciate that. Thank you, Sega, as always. Yeah, a lot of uh, drama behind the scene in WWE. And what does this mean for the Triple H era before we move on to our next story? Do you feel like this Triple H era as we know it in terms of these new stars coming back? Right now, at Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube, I have a piece on who should be scared. Returning stars who's come back. The, before they were there, and when Vince McMahon left, at the time he was there, he was cutting everybody. He was firing everybody breathing. And yeah. now with the sale rumors combined with Vince McMahon coming back, do you think that means that they get axed, Lisa? I, I don't know. I hope not. I think everybody needs to just step up to the plate, you know, and the opportunities. I mean, if, we, if we're talking strictly business, and let's just say in a crazy world, the sale is, is a thing. Yeah. Budget cuts is the first thing that happens when you when you see a company going for sale. They're gonna want to lower the cost to the bare minimum. So I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that there's not gonna be any cuts if the sale thing is for real. But if you want me to be honest, the first thing that I thought about when I saw the report was I hope he waits until after the rumble to take over creative because I really wanted a triple H rumble. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think we all need a Triple H Rumble in terms of where these storylines have been going. I think they've set this Royal Rumble up very nicely to where three, four, I could see several people winning the Royal Rumble. And that's how I kind of grade how good a Royal Rumble can be is when there's multiple people who you could legitimately see winning. There's no clue. I can't hear you, or am I frozen? Hello, Isa. I'm sorry. My, I hit the wire again. My microphone was out. Am I? Can, can, we need. Where? We need to get you. Look, Sega Genesis is out here donating super chats. Get a new wire, Alfred. <laughs> I'm sorry. My wire has abandoned me, uh, and the Matrix is also trying to silence me. We can't underestimate that. Uh, Sega Genesis for 20 more dollars front of the show. Triple H is going to bash Vince with a sledgehammer just to give them more time to pull dirt on him and run. Then Vince's head will reform as he continues to chase them. That is metaphorically what has been happening in that now that Vince has kind of transcended cancel culture, I know they're saying that there's other stories out there about him that could hurt him, but I think Vince McMahon has learned a lesson about things blowing over. Listen, Vice TV had that documentary on Vince McMahon, The Nine Lives of Vince McMahon. Well, they better make a sequel because it's the 10th life right now. And if he gets taken down, it'll be an 11th life. Like, this guy is not going to die unless, you know, God forbid, he physically does. But uh, until he removes himself from this earth, he will always be in the picture in WWE. He's Illuminati confirmed. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think he's in the Illuminati Hall of Fame. 
Oh, yeah. oh, he's in. He sits in like the high thrones right next to Beyonce. Guaranteed. <laughs> Speaking of future Hall of Famers, Mercedes Monet. Mercedes Monet made her debut. Monet with a banger entrance music. Yeah. Great entrance music. Very West Coast. I really love it. That would really slap in L.A. Whether or not she's going to be there, who knows? But. What we do know is that Mercedes Monet helped spark some records for New Japan Pro Wrestling in terms of Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, she was not announced for this event. 26,085 tickets sold were the highest for a live event non-WWE in three years. So a lot of that probably, the Kenny Mega return, the intrigue around Sasha Banks slash Mercedes Monet uh, led to 92,409 new users for New Japan World. That is the highest New Year's as they've ever had for one event, and the most viewed event in New Japan pro wrestling history, Wrestle Kingdom 17. Number 11 on Google searches for January 4th. It had never cracked the top 20. Wrestle Kingdom had never done that. And so I think the interest in Mercedes Monet really helped spark this pay-per-view. Uh, 1,000%. I saw the, the social media. I never seen so many people watching Wrestle Kingdom, tweeting about Wrestle Kingdom. I'm one of those people that resubscribes every January just for Wrestle Kingdom. This year, I did a watch along, which ended up having excellent viewership. I thought I was going to be streaming to nobody at 4 a.m. No, no, no. I had great numbers. So obviously, there was an extra interest here. In in in, in it was it was a very poorly kept secret. We all knew it, right? So I'm I'm happy to hear them making like doing those numbers. But I gotta tell you, we gotta give props to AEW as well. Even Carl Anderson here. There was a lot of matches that I went in knowing who some of these people were. Forbidden Door and some of the involvement with AEW along with New Japan really, really helped make us more familiar with some of these things. And I thought Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, that match changed me, Alfred. I will never be the same. It was incredible. An amazing match. Just a wonderful, yeah. <laughs> wonderful match. I watch it multiple times and you get something new every time. So it's just a great Can I ask uh, you a question? Can I ask can I ask you a question? Has Kenny Omega ever felt that big in AEW to you? Do you mean physically big or star power big? No, 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 no. Star power big. Absolutely also not. physically. I think this is the best he's looked in years, physically I, as well. But yes. he's never felt he feels like a freaking larger than life, like a god in Japan. And I see him in AEW, and he just comes off as one of the guys. There's just such a disconnect from Wrestle Kingdom Kenny Omega to the Omega that we get on a weekly basis. Yes, I do think that Kenny Omega does come off as a star in AEW, but not to the degree, obviously, yeah. in Japan. And I That's think what a couple I mean. things. That's what yeah. I mean. He definitely came off as a bigger star in Japan, but a couple of things are to blame for that in terms of, I think Japan just does a better job presenting their individual stars as larger than life in the way that they shoot and the way that the audience receives them. It's much different than how American crowds, it is more like a worship type thing where it's they're in awe of him, especially because they can't all the way cheer or boo or whatnot. So they have to find different ways to express it. I do think it really helped his aura on this show that, you know, Ah, and like the, uh, you know, people seeming that they're in his presence, I think really helped Kenny Omega. Yeah, I, I'm excited that Wrestle Kingdom had those numbers. And I personally thought that the show delivered. I enjoyed the show from beginning to end. Felt a little bit bad for Jay White and Okada having to finish that. But you know what? You got to do what you got to do. I thought they put on a great match. It yeah, didn't live up to what was 
in front of them because I don't think anything could. I think that's going to be match of the year. We're going to be talking about it at January next year. We're still going to be talking about we'll it. We'll see. I, I feel like people forget. I think the fact that it happened in January is going to hurt it because it's Austin and Omega who are two chosen ones in these communities. That's going to help them. But by February, by March, I think the Royal Rumble might be better. I think whatever Sami Zayn ends up doing at WrestleMania, there's going to be a lot of things between now and December that people – say is the match of the year is the best match this and that but this will we'll be see. in the mix i think it'll be in the conversation yeah absolutely it was a, a lot of fun and uh, of course mercedes Monet, what did you think about her debut i i loved it i loved it i i thought that um the presentation like i said i i love the gear the way she came off she looked like a star a lot of people are nitpicking the move i think that the mistake was on on how Kyrie landed i'm not gonna nitpick that or, or her promo, because I can only imagine the pressure, the nerves, the emotion that Mercedes must have been feeling at that moment. If you want me to be honest with you, I'm just glad she finally showed up somewhere because I am tired of reporting. She's signing here. She's coming back. She's doing this. I'm just happy that she's finally somewhere and we can see what she does from here. I've been a big fan of Sasha Mercedes now, betting on herself and, and knowing what she's worth and going out there and doing it. We've seen a lot of men in the wrestling industry doing doing it. Why not let a woman do it? And I would love to see her come back to WWE a couple of years from now and getting the money that they deny her right now. I think that will be an incredible end to the story. Yeah, and you say you don't want to hear about speculation of where she's showing up, but that's all that this has led to because Soraya's mystery tag team partner is oh my God. in Inglewood. She was announced as Tony Storm, but AEW, I think, has backed itself into a bad corner with this in terms of Mercedes Monet. We read all these stats in terms of her moving the needle in Japan. They've already sold 400 additional tickets and are going to sell out Battle in the Valley. And if Mercedes Monet shows up next week, this is a half-empty Kia Forum. I was there last six months ago where they sold 14,000 tickets. Biggest TV crowd of the year. They sold half that amount. And if Mercedes Monet shows up next week, I will be baffled that they did not announce her. And even if they don't announce her, they already had that tease with Britt Baker and AEW's known for being able to sell out the United Center without announcing somebody. So either way, it's almost like fake false advertising. Yeah, but hear me out. I felt that AEW, if, if Mercedes is not the person, they needed to announce it. Kind of like what WWE did when they announced Becky Lynch on SmackDown the Friday before... Uh, war games being in Boston because everybody was speculating it was going to be Sasha and I'm not sure they would have kept it a secret if Becky would have had, I mean it's Becky Lynch, she would have had a reaction, right? But people would have been going in thinking it was going to be Sasha I was I was advocating for begging AW if this is not Mercedes, freaking say who it, who it is so you don't disappoint people. At the same time if she does show up, then it's probably a missed opportunity I'm not sure that I want to see her first match back being in a tag team with Soraya for nothing on, a, on an AEW show. So I would rather wait until Battle of the Valley, see that match, and then let her show up everywhere, if I'm being honest with you. I don't think that this should be the match that I want to see her come back as her first match. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's not the stature of the type of match you'd want to see her in, but I think the appeal is in the reaction. And I really, as much as I did like her presentation in Japan, I felt like it was underwhelming for obvious reasons, reasons outside of her control in terms of the reaction. Because I know in America, especially being in the building, I think it'd be a very special moment. I think the place would go insane as compared to how they were allowed to react to her in Japan. Agreed. You also have to give New Japan mayor props for making her first match in the States. She's yes. going to get a crazy reaction. I thought that was the smartest move they could have gone with. 
Yeah. And we I thought for a second when she came out in gear, I got to tell you, I was like, are they going to pull a Charlotte? Are they yeah. going to give her the title right now? <laughs> That's what I thought they were going to do. I thought she's going to work a full match. It looked great. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> CJ Hennessy for $4.99. Happy Friday. Missed wrestling tonight, but wanted to send love to my faves. You're our favorite too. One of our favorites, CJ Hennessy. Thank you so much. Sega yes. Genesis. Whoa, $50. To me, when I heard the report that WWE felt Sasha peak, it sounded like Vince Johnny Ace. I highly doubt that Triple H feels she's not worth Charlotte money. She'll do her New Japan dates and get paid by WWE after they do their annual spring roster dump. Yeah, I think I definitely agree with you, Issa. If it's not Sasha Banks, they did have to get out in front of it because they kind of set themselves up by building this up for a month. I think a lot of people thought that it was going to be Sasha. Yeah, 1,000%. And thank you, Sega Genesis, always, and CJ as well for the Super Chats. We appreciate it. I always love how Sega just keeps it real. Yeah, Sega makes it rain on us and always has the some <laughs> literature that's dropping. Always has some scripture that Sega Genesis drops on us. So thank you, we guys. We might as well call Sega scripts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the real scripts. Oh, that's great. We get into SmackDown live from Memphis, Tennessee, oh ladies and gentlemen. God, let's talk about one. that opening. The opening, of course, with the bloodline, Roman Reigns is not very happy with one Sami Zayn. So they're As going that direction. Be. He's kind of building up. He's upset that Sami Zayn seems like he's trying to be Roman Reigns. And then he takes his frustration out for Sami Zayn losing last week to Cena and Owens. He just explodes on Sami Zayn. Are you trying to be like me? And eventually they're cut off by Kevin Owens, walks out, challenges Roman Reigns for the Royal Rumble, and makes a remark about Sami Zayn's balls being in Roman Reigns' pocket before storming out. And then we do get an announcement later on in the night. It will be Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble. What did you think about this opening segment, Issa? First of all, I wasn't expecting Roman. I don't know if he was announced or not. But it's starting to become a nice surprise when the music hit because we've gotten so accustomed to him not being there all the time that sometimes you just assume he's not going to be there. So to me, it was a nice surprise when his music hit. Um, I, I knew he was going to bring up the loss. I love that he says, I didn't lose. He lost because that's exactly what I said on last week's podcast. Um, I got to tell you something. There's something so effective about Roman Reigns screaming because he's so cool, calm, and collected the way he cuts his promo. He's almost whispering. So when he does that, and he does it perfectly, like you don't hear him screaming all the time. I'm a fan of the person that that almost whispers their shit talking, right? And, and, and it's just as effective as the promo where people are screaming all the time. You do not need to scream on a wrestling promo for it to be efficient. And then that way, when you have these moments, they come off as more genuine. When Roman Reigns screamed, I uh, became pregnant. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> um, I do not think that Sami Zayn should be trusted. However, and, and correct me if you, or, or give me your opinion, it feels like this match with Kevin Owens is second fiddle to the Sami Zayn storyline, right? Even the way that Roman Reigns dismissed him, when Kevin Owens came out and said, I want a match with you. And Roman was like, yeah, sure, okay, go away. Back to Sami. You know what I mean? So, so if... <laughs> It's going to be, what, the third time that now we see Roman Reigns take on Kevin Owens on a Royal Rumble pay-per-view? The last time in 2017 that Royal Rumble went to San Antonio, we did see Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns. We also saw them in that weird match with the, when Roman tried to run him over. But I think it's funny that we're going to have deja vu because it happened in San Antonio This the last time they were there. Um, but overall, I am so invested into Roman Reigns playing mind games with Sami Zayn, which he did more of later on. We'll get to that later. 
Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, first and foremost, congratulations on your pregnancy. I think that's wonderful news. In addition to the Wrestling Inc. family, Roman Reigns did it again. Congratulations to you too, Daddy. And I also completely agree in terms of I do not think that Kevin Owens has a chance. I don't think anybody thinks Kevin Owens is winning this match. I think that's going to hurt it. I do think it's going to be a good wrestling match, but we have seen this time again. However, this storyline is the hottest thing that they've got, and I think I'm very intrigued to see what happens and how they take this into the next step because they have to kind of take their time. And as you alluded to, they did reel it back a little bit more to where, of course, Roman Reigns got mad at Sami Zayn, but we still have time before that inevitable split. So he had to make amends with Sami Zayn. And we can talk about this right now. Before the main event, he did apologize to Sami Zayn. I love this about the Roman Reigns He characters. didn't apologize. He didn't apologize. It was, he, it was a fake he apology. He said, I owe you it was an a apology. Fake Alfred. It, was a, it was a fake apology. But that's what I'm going to say about this. Here. That's exactly what I'm saying about this character. It's so consistent. It very much reminds yeah. me of the Usos when Jimmy and Jay were kind of fighting over whether or not Jay should be with Roman or Jimmy. Jimmy came in with that nobody's bitch shirt and he was an op. And then when Roman Reigns started to lose Jay, he went to Jimmy and manipulated Jimmy and started buddying up to him so that he can get the Usos back together. Now he's doing the same thing. He blew up at Sami Zayn. And then later on the night when he knows that he needs to soften up Kevin Owens, He's manipulating him into fighting Kevin Owens. And, uh, you know, this is obviously going to end in a split. But I like that they're being consistent with this character. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was funny when it was like, nobody deserves to be talked to. I shouldn't have behaved that way. Because ultimately, the, the apology was to set up Sami Zayn into this match and also to make Roman Reigns be that person that we just discussed, the cool, calm, collected guy that doesn't lose it. And, and, and he kind of caught himself there. So I appreciated that. But there was a lot of signs, the way that Paul Heyman was staring, the way yeah. Roman Reigns was delivering these words that you know this is going to be a test for Sami Zayn. He better win this match. If he doesn't win this match, what's going to happen? The more calm Roman comes out in a segment, the more scared you become for the person that he is talking to. I have people like telling me, they were like, oh, Sami Zayn was about to meet his maker. Like uh, people were praying for Sami Zayn on social media on my chat because of the way that <laughs> Roman Reigns is delivering these promos. And we'll see what happens next week but i'm into it i've been into the storyline since the beginning and, and it just they're finding a way to long-term storytell here without it feeling repetitive yes absolutely agree that's good good tension uh, juan orellana from 199 says anyone seen the royal rumble poster with the rock tees i'm not familiar with this what is i've seen the poster but i did not see the rock tees are you familiar with this Issa? <laughs> I was told today that it's because of the like the thunder, like the lightning is kind of like electrifying uh, and that's the rock tease here. It was giving me tour Avengers Endgame vibes when I first saw it. That's what I got out of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that, we've had to read into these posters more because they did the same thing with Bray Wyatt when they were teasing him with the lantern. So maybe that is electricity and maybe not, but that's good. I like that WWE has people on their toes looking for clues these days. And more invested until Vince McMahon comes back, of course. Uh, Dylan Matthews for $2.99. Does Sega want to announce WWE purchase on the show? <laughs> I did hear. And that was another part of the story. Uh, of course, Sega has emerged as a bidder in WWE. But so has Saudi Arabia. And that's something that we really probably should take a little seriously. Again, I don't think Vince is doing this for the money. But in terms of being in control, being in power. I really don't see them just giving it to Saudi Arabia of all people and thinking he's going to remain in power and they're going to honor contracts or whatnot. I mean, maybe I'm crazy, but... Uh, I mean, you, didn't Saudi see... Arabia, like, not pay them, like, for a couple of months and they think they're going to come up with billions of dollars? I mean, they can't. We know Saudi... Mechanical issues. 
the, they like you to believe that it is mechanical issues is what I was officially told. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, my favorite thing was scrolling through social media and people just saying the most random things like, oh, The Rock's going to buy WWE. And I was like, you guys realize that this is minimum $7 billion. Like The Rock doesn't even, it's not worth that. Be realistic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of these figures that are coming up a lot of people on wall street and congratulations to the shareholders who have stock in the company you came up today sega genesis for 20 dollars. i remember the bill to sting versus hogan oh yes from mid 96 to end of 97 best long-term build to a match i'd ever seen the storyline is best i've seen since i don't want to guess anymore i just enjoy it play it out however it will i agree i agree everything said that Sting Hogan storyline was magnificent. They did a great job. Sting did not wrestle an official match one time in that 18 month build. And then finally, you just couldn't wait to see him and Hogan. I thought they did a great yeah. job with that. Yeah. And I love that, that, that Sega just pointed out that it could go in so many directions because that's the case here. There's so many players involved in the bloodline that this could go so many ways. Sammy versus Roman, KO and Sammy uniting, the, the, the bloodline falling apart, everybody going their own way. Like there's so many things that could happen, but I'm just here for it every week. I enjoy it. Yes. So we get backstage to a promo with L.A. Knight. He feels so yeah. damn good. And then he cut a heel promo on Memphis. So apparently he's still the heel in this feud. Yeah. And then we get to our second, our first match wait, of the wait, night, actually. Wait, wait, yes, one yes, thing, yes, One yes. more thing. Weak follow-up. Because I thought that the attack on Uncle Howdy on Bray was a good segment. And, and it, was, it felt like such a weak follow-up to just ask L.A. Knight to talk crap about Memphis and that's it. No seeing yeah. Bray, no seeing Uncle Howdy, no nothing. I wish there would have been a little bit of a follow-up because that was what I considered to be a good segment last week. And it was a big angle. I think it needed a follow-up. And for it to just be really one of the most random throwaway, nothing type segments that you'll see, just him cutting a promo backstage, I don't think that was a follow-up at all. Maybe they knew Glenn wasn't watching, so they figure, you know. Yeah. You, you know, it can be a coincidence that Uncle Howdy was not on the show and he's also not here tonight. That's what, saying. Saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. We're going to have some <laughs> questions on Tuesday, that's for sure. <laughs> we get Kofi Kingston versus Santos Escobar. Here's what's interesting about this is they're talking about Kofi Kingston's legendary highlight reel at Royal Rumble. Of course, Kofi Kingston screwed up his spot last year. In WWE fashion, they love jumping on people and making fun of their slips and falls like they did Titus O'Neil and like they did Top Dollar. But that's why I think that they did not mention Kofi's slip up at all. They just said, oh, I can't wait to see what Kofi does next. They didn't mention one word about a slip up because I think they wanted to save that for Top Dollar, which we'll get into poor Top Dollar later. But uh, beforehand, it was Kofi Kingston versus Santos Escobar. It was a good match. Distraction from Legado del Fantasma grabbing Kofi Kingston's leg. This leads to a phantom driver. I thought it was a very good match, and they really played up the fact that Santos Escobar got the biggest win of his career over Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I've been very happy with the presentation of Santos Escobar as of recently, um, especially because in the beginning it felt like they were going nowhere with Legado other than feuding with the Viking Raiders and Hit Row. Um, when they put him in that world tournament, things started to turn around for Legado, for Legado, specifically Santos. And I do, it feels like the momentum is is going, still going with this. So he looked great. Still bothers me that the crowd doesn't chant Legado with the entrance song. Yeah. I am hoping we eventually get there. 
Selena looks great with Legado del Fantasma. Overall, this was a fun match as it should have been. But yeah, I, it, we're going to start the ranking game. We're going to take a shot every time they do a fake elimination and the announcer says, that's how easily you can be eliminated in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's going to be the next three weeks of television. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely trope that and the random brawl between everybody on the roster. We're going to get all the hits leading up to the Royal Rumble. What we have the Karrion Cross and Scarlet in a mixed tag team match against Madcap Moss and Emma, the two lovebirds. Karrion Cross tags in and he threatens that he's going to attack Emma and commit domestic violence, Issa. But Emma slaps him in the face and stands her ground. Moss comes to fight for her honor and loses. He gets hit with a hidden blade, best hidden blade I've seen all week. I'm just kidding. Come on, don't come for me. Hidden blade from Karrion Cross, straight jacket for the win. And Karrion Cross and Scarlet win. They put Rey Mysterio's mask on Moss. So they're going full steam ahead. Vince McMahon clearly hasn't gotten his hooks into this product yet because they're going full steam ahead with Karrion Cross and Rey Mysterio, probably for the Rumble. <clears throat> yeah, happy to see uh, Scarlet finally being utilized. It just hit me that that was her in-ring debut in WWE. We've seen so many good things from her in TNA, so it's good to see her here in this. It felt like a nothing match because it's building to something else. You're still using Emma and Madcap. So, fun match. It was there, but I was happy to just see Scarlett being used in the ring outside of just being, you know, the person that lip syncs the entrance music. <laughs> no, there's anything wrong with lip syncing the music. No, but way, that's why it felt like a tic- it feels like a TikTok entrance just because... It would look good on a vertical. And it is optimized to just right be there in the center of your screen. You can watch it on the vertical phone. They can absolutely do that. Yep. We get uh, McIntyre and Sheamus with quite possibly the greatest tag team name of all time. They are the banger brothers, everybody. (laughs) I really, I don't want any of them, as good as they've been throughout their careers or whatever, I don't want any of them to do anything different. This is it. This is what their careers have been building for. Whether it's 3MB, whether it's uh, Brawling Brutes, it's time for the Banger Brothers to take over tag team wrestling. They have a segment slapping each other at a bar, Isa. I love this segment. The most likable that I think Drew McIntyre has come off in a while. And it's because he just let him be there with his friend and his buddy. And Sheamus and McIntyre look like the two guys you would want to get drunk at a bar with oh, because yeah. you know they're going to try to outdrink you. Like, this was fun. I loved it. And, and and I'm becoming a fan of them just using more real life stuff. And we know these two guys are best friends in real life. And they're playing off of each other so well to the point that in the main event, we'll talk about it later, but I thought for a couple of falls that they were going to freaking win. Yes, that was a very great main event. And because it's Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, they're two top guys. And they were very over in that main event. So I thought that really helped as well. Banger Brothers for life. Banger Brothers for Life, my favorite section. One of my favorite content creators, that in Brazzers. Shout out to the Banger Brothers. Charlotte Flair makes her return to WWE with a live <laughs> microphone. She uh, cuts a promo on Ronda Rousey. I will admit, this promo started off very awkward, and I do think that Charlotte was very flustered and thrown off by the chance in Memphis, Tennessee, of whoop that trick. It seemed like she was trying to figure out what they were saying. Clearly, they didn't watch Hustle and Flow before this uh, show in Memphis, but out comes Sonya Deville. They start chanting it again, and then the women just kind of run with it. They are chanting it throughout the match when Sonya challenges Charlotte to a title match. Charlotte wins quite easily, but the whoop that trick chance dominated this. Charlotte Flair defends successfully. She's still the world champion. It looks like they're going to build to Charlotte and Ronda at the Rumble. Um. 
I love this segment just because the crowd was just so wild. But, but even before the whoop that trick chants, which were incredible, um, I, I love that the crowd was chanting, thank you, Charlotte. And she actually acknowledged, she was like, yeah. I never thought I would hear that chant. <laughs> and I was like, what does that tell you about Ronda Rousey's ring when you had the crowd chanting, thank you, Charlotte, who is someone who's not tend to be beloved by the crowd like that. But I always say Charlotte Flair has it, one of the greatest of all. In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. Time to do it. She has that if factor in. And, and I saw her entrance today and I just, I missed it. I liked it. I liked the idea that Sonia was the one that came out and we got what felt like a fresh mashup. I didn't realize that. Charlotte was gone for eight months. Once they said it, it's when it hit me. It really had been a while since she was here. Now, Ronda Rousey said on her stream that she's tired of Charlotte Flair and that she wants to focus on the tag team division with Shayna, which I happen to think is the best thing they could do with Shayna and Ronda at the moment. So we'll see if maybe this Rumble match um, is a one-off and we can move on with Ronda to something else because I do think they will add... Um, some legitimacy to the tag team division, and then we can get some fresh matchups and revive the SmackDown women's division because they need it. Yeah, I've been disappointed with the pairing of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. I was expecting them to be two killers of the likes of when Bailey and Sasha Banks were dominating and winning matches and winning all the titles, but Baszler has just pretty much been a manager to Ronda Rousey and not much else, and I think they would be much better as a duo that they were both tag team champions or they both got to be champions. 100%. We get Steven Marcucci, friend of the show, Marcucci. If Rock wins Royal Rumble, what happens to Cody not winning? It's a good uh, question about I, that god. Isa. You can't I don't know. I mean, he can go cry somewhere. No. You know, I don't think that I don't think the Rock Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to offend your Jesus, but I don't think that the Rock needs to win the rumble to set up a match like we're talking the rock and roman reigns if that's the direction we're going in you don't need to give him the rumble but then again it's like okay so you have cody winning he challenges what the united states champion you know because we're gonna do roman and the rock and then i don't i don't know i don't know this this i i don't think that roman should drop either one of these belts into at least wrestlemania no matter what but unifying the titles really has me questioning what's going to happen with the rumble yeah, there's a lot of avenues they can go, whether it's the Royal Rumble, whether it's the Elimination Chamber, they can do a, there's plenty of time between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I don't think it's an all or nothing scenario for Cody Rhodes has to win the Royal Rumble. I actually think that he might get eliminated by Seth if they go in that direction short term, and then maybe they handle that in the Elimination Chamber. But I think 
Sami Zayn personally is going to win it, uh, just based on how the storyline is going. But I do see Cody Rhodes maybe even not even being in the Royal Rumble if he's not supposed to win it. And they're doing this buildup with Cody every week. We're getting a new story. I could see them using that to announce when exactly Cody Rhodes is going to return. You know, maybe it will be a match at the Royal Rumble, not necessarily in the match itself. No, the only way to announce Cody's return is by bringing back the beloved Cody Countdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to get that Cody Countdown. <laughs> is that intellectual property? Do they have to go through lawyers to get that? No, I don't know. Remember, they oh, used to do that for WWE, Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they did that in WWE yeah, for Raw every hour. Yeah, okay, so they can do that. When he was going to talk, so bring it back yeah. and just play it on the screen days, hours, and everything. They should do that. And if he's going to be healed, they should just keep resetting it to where, like, throughout the year, you're getting a new Cody Clown. Or, like, every day is there something different. You'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> just gaslight the audience. Sheed Black from 199, they say the phrase at Grizzly Games. Oh, yeah, whoop that trick is huge in Memphis. It's a mm -hmm. hustle and flow is based out of Memphis, one of the greatest movies of all time in any era. And Whoop That Trick was a big song in that movie. Really captured the spirits of Memphis, Tennessee. And yeah, they say it uh, arenas across the state of Tennessee, not just Memphis. So Whoop That Trick. Trick William. Trick William. Trick William capitalized on it and tweeted real quick about oh, how yeah. they were chanting for him. I thought that oh. was funny. <laughs> if they, listen, we're seeing in wrestling a lot of uh, songs being leased out. They should lease out Whoop That Trick to Trick Williams. I would love to see that. Yep. They would do that in AEW and he'd come off as a big star with that song, especially in these crowds. It'd be a fun song to sing along. <laughs> it actually yeah. would. I would. I agree with that. So uh, somebody who's not having so much fun is Top Dollar. <laughs> Faced off against Ricochet, which my goodness, Top Dollar has lost so much weight. It's like, it's like a mannequin with like three times the size of clothes on him, the way these clothes hang on him. And he looks great, I think, unfortunately. He looks great. They're building his entire persona in this feud with Ricochet on the fact that he could not jump over the top rope. Uh, they're just talking about this, how, oh, the locker room's making fun of Top Dollar. Top Dollar couldn't jump over the rope. In the main event, Drew McIntyre does a dive to the outside, and Michael Cole goes, that's how a big man jumps over the top rope. It's like, leave this guy alone. I was thinking that WWE has grown up. That's why they're not making fun of Kofi. It's because they've grown up. It's a Triple H era. It's a new era. They don't bully people like that anymore. Oh, no. It's because they wanted all to go to top dollar. Uh, so this poor guy. But it makes sense for what ended up happening. So I don't see this all as a negative because we have been very vocal about the booking of Hit Row. And I personally thought this heel turn at the end of this match could be the right direction and a brand new start for them, for all three of them, but specifically top dollar. He needs it. Well, that's the thing. That's why I think they're turning heel. I do not think that they had this long plan for them to turn heel. Unfortunately, I think he screwed that move up in the backstage. You're like, top dollar, buddy, we got to turn you heel. We gotta, we can't have when really, what they could do is they could build this as a story of encouragement and always never giving up. And they build to top dollar being able to make that dive. The guy's in tremendous shape. We've seen him do the dive before when he was much heavier. So he definitely can do it. But this is where they're going. And he's going to be a heel because of him being uh, unable to complete this spot. Well, I'd rather take them as a heel right now. I think this yeah. could just may add a layer to them because right now they're really not, they're not doing them any favors as of right now. So we'll see how it goes for them in the heel part of things. Yeah, One of my favorite parts of this is after the match. So Ricochet wins the match to qualify for the Royal Rumble and Wade Barrett goes, 
This might be the only thing bigger. See, the only thing that might be bigger than a SmackDown win is a Royal Rumble win. And Michael Cole's like, might? Like, of course a Royal Rumble win is going to be bigger than a SmackDown win, Wade. So congratulations. I thought that was funny. Just even insinuating that Ricochet went in the Rumble. Yeah. (laughs) You never know. Maybe Samantha Irving will kiss him and it'll just eliminate everybody. Okay. Okay, you're not here for that. We get uh, <laughs> Braun Strowman, of course, made the save for that. So Braun and Ricochet, the the Twitter buddies. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather see them fight on Twitter, personally. They are the opposite from the Banger Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> what is the opposite of a Banger Brother? Is it a chastity belt <laughs> <No> brother? <laughs> a virgin a brother? Red, red Pants Knight Brothers, I don't know. <laughs> We get Roman. This is where backstage Roman Reigns uh, gives a fake apology to Sami Zayn. Please, my, what's did soften his stance on yelling at Sami Zayn from earlier. So now Sami's back on his side, and then we get the main event: Banger Brothers versus the Usos. We uh, get a, a lot of great spots, a lot of near falls. I thought they did a great job building drama. Even Solo Sokoa, I thought was really good in that. He usually has that mean face, but they had him look kind of anxious, kind of like he didn't know if the Usos were going to win. Throughout the match, yeah. Sami Zayn is watching backstage in the president's suite with Roman Reigns. They're eating popcorn together. Uh, there's a, eventually there's the a long-term great... storytelling there yeah. because the first they just show them watching, then Sami has the popcorn and nobody else wants the popcorn. Then they all have popcorn. I was so entertained by that as yeah. well. It was a great storyline arc. It was a great subplot that by the end of that subplot, everybody got their popcorn. It was Sammy, Roman, and Paul Heyman all with their separate buckets of popcorn enjoying this match. We got a 1D. It was a great near fall. That was not the finish. Uh, McIntyre got taken out of the match as a big brawl erupted ringside. The brawling brutes came out. Solo Sokoa brawling with McIntyre Butch. And then, of course, two-on-one advantage. And it was kind of underwhelming in terms of the finish because it was just a roll-up. And Jimmy Uso helped using his feet. So it was kind of a double-team roll-up. But a great match, a fantastic main event. Roll-up on Sheamus. The Usos retained tag team championships. Incredible match, incredible main event. I, I, what can what can be said? Like, listen to the names of the people we had in the ring, and is there negative to say? I doubt that they could put on a bad match, even if they try. If the speculation was put on a bad match, you probably couldn't put these guys in it. It was great. The false finishers thought they got me. There was, yeah. I think there was two of them in there that I really thought that the, the Banger brothers were going to win. And I'm like, what, where do we go from here, you know? I also found it very interesting that Roman asked Sammy to watch the match with him and not let him go out there. With the bloodline, I'm paying attention to everything because I I think that they're doing such a good job with this storyline that everything means something. So Roman not wanting him out there with the Usos, I really wonder what that means or if it's to prove that the Usos bloodline don't need him in order for them to win in case they're going to kick him out. I don't know, but I still yeah. think there's something to that. Um, but yeah, this this was this was a great match. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm here for Drew and Sheamus as a tag team. Yeah, I'm here for the Banger Brothers, man. There's a lot of merch you can sell with that Banger Brothers. <laughs> Banger Brothers, double team. There's all kinds of play on words that you can use. You know, they can use all kinds of great stuff. But I'm surprised from... there's not a banger after banger shirt yet. Yeah, there should be. There really absolutely should be. But yeah, they, I'm sure it'll come out. The whole line of merch, they're making it right now. We have uh, AEW Rampage, one great match to another, Issa. I thought this Moxley and Brian Danielson versus Top Flight match was incredible as an opener. A lot of flips. They did a lot, a lot of to showcase Top Flight. They got a lot. 
There's a lot of hard-hitting spots with Blackpool Combat Club. Everything you love about both teams happened in spades in this match. Top Flight ultimately lost. And the theme for this whole show, this is Jericho's go-to line. He'd be like, yeah, they lost, but they won in losing. Boy, boy, they lost, but they look so good that there's like two winners tonight. <laughs> I love Jericho on commentary tonight. Uh, I thought it, he was so entertaining, and you're absolutely right. This match was fun. What a fun opener. You know what I loved about both shows tonight? The crowd. It yes. was live. The crowd wasn't tired after dark and dynamite, the energy in the building. And you put on matches for them to pop for regardless. But I just love the end. The crowd really made me get even more into it. But this match was crazy. It was so good. But of course, it was predictable finish. It didn't take away from how good the match was. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, and we'll get into Hangman Page, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for both Brian and Max. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought both crowds on both shows, absolutely. I thought Memphis, Tennessee was a great crowd. And I thought this yeah. Portland, Oregon crowd was is going to go down toward the end of the year as one of the best crowds they had all year. For these two hours mm -hmm. on Rampage, this is the best both Rampage of them. I've seen in, in Seattle a long, as well. Oh, Seattle was fantastic Seattle too. Well, AEW, very lucky with both of their crowds this week because they were both lit. Northwest has always been a wrestling territory. Of course, they had the Portland territory out in the 80s, and now they have Defy Wrestling out there. And so it's a really good territory for wrestling. Both crowds are great. I'm just talking about in terms of being Rampage and that we kind of go through the motion here, but these two hours of Rampage were the best that I think I've seen in a long, long time because they yeah. actually felt like there were big stars on this show and the fans were invested. It really helped. Yeah, it, I, I was thinking that too. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not suffering watching Rampage here. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. So good job. Also, then the Northwest, like you said, underrated. It needs to start being mentioned more with some of the great wrestling cities that we all talk about because yeah. people don't talk about them enough, and they are fun. 100%. Shout out to the Northwest. I was a semifinalist at the Seattle International Comedy Competition. <laughs> Shout out to the Northwest. Oh, yes. They understand talent. <laughs> uh, we got what I believe to be the first great promo of 2023. Hey, man, Adam Page backstage cutting his promo well, on John time. Moxley. Talks about how he's cleared. He said if he didn't get cleared, he was going to fight John Moxley in the parking lot. Moxley's finally going to get his ass handed to him. He's going to put a clip of that beating on an entrance video so he never forgets. He's going to put it on DHS. And he's going to watch it in a basement with a Blackpool Combat Club get horny watching MMA. My goodness. He's going to wipe the blood off his hand and make sure that I don't catch something. Bars from Hangman Adam Page. I mean, he just eviscerated, ethered John Moxley in this promo, Isa. Yo, this was absolutely incredible. You know, I'm very glad that, that Hangman is okay because that spot and that concussion was such a scary moment on television. But my biggest worry was that during that concussion, like, I don't know what happened, at what point he hit his balls because he seemed to have lost them. And now he finally got him back. So not only has he been cleared from a concussion, the man found his balls back and remember how to cut a promo. Or maybe it was a concussion. Maybe the concussion affected his promo capabilities because, God, I just he just seemed like such a baby for the last few weeks in his promos. But tonight, that's all I needed to see in order to really want to see the match. That's all I needed. And at one point, he said, if they would have not clear me, I would have beat your ass in the parking lot. I was like, I they should not clear him. They would yeah. rather see that, you know, but but overall, this was the best promo that we've seen from Hangman Adam Page in a long time. I mean, a couple of months ago, he was screaming, I'm a man, while punching himself. This is He's come a long way from that. I am a man! I remember that. <laughs> 
Yes, he has come a long way. But I, I did think this was great. I think what they've done a good job of in this uh, feud between Moxley and Hangman Adam Page, it's very subtle, but it's like they're doing everything they can to not want to kill the other guy. Like they started off brawling every time they saw each other, and then it became about Hangman can't get cleared until you guys go your separate ways and not touch each other. But they're doing a good job of making it seem like at any minute, like, God, I want to punch you in the face, but I can't. It's very realistic, and I think they're doing a great job conveying that they want to kill each other. Yeah, and now that we know that Hangman is okay and clear, using that spot, because at first, uh, Mox was using it on his promos to seem very savage, and now, you know, Hangman turning it around and wanting revenge for what happened to him. I think it's perfect. They have a great story. You have two main eventers, no title involved. This is the way to do it. Absolutely. And we get Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus the Renegades. Huge reaction for Britt Baker, but still bigger reaction for Jamie Hayter. This crowd was incredible in that they were cheering for both of them. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter essentially worked as baby faces. I know they're supposed to be kind of heels that get cheered and Britt Baker's eventually going to turn or whatnot, but they were both cheered unanimously when Britt Baker was in there. It was DMD chance. Uh, the Renegades, I felt they're these twin sisters, and I feel like they have kind of Creed brother bona fides in that they do things that are really cool and impressive looking, but they yeah. also are a little reckless because they're so new. But I, I like yeah. these Renegade sisters. I think there's something there, especially as heels. Uh, but there was a big reaction for this match. There was a great finishing sequence with tandem offense. Went from a Death Valley driver into a neck breaker, low lariat, and then into the stomp. So really cool looking as Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter win. Yeah, I love the match showcase for and Jamie Hayter going into this big match on Wednesday, seeing them work together as a tag team. Of course, they're going to work well together. They've been together for a while, and I still think they're a great pairing. People were always teasing the breakup. I don't need to see them broken up. Jamie Hayter has become the face of the women's division. Britt Baker is taking a step back and a way to keep her relevant, and she's still a star, is keeping her with Jamie Hayter here. As far as the Renegade Twins go, I really like them. I always pay attention to when I know somebody's name because I don't watch Dark of a, or Elevation. I personally feel like you know they're making the rounds when you're familiar with the name without watching them. And I have heard a lot about them. So I was waiting for them to put them on TV already and showcase them because I've, I heard the name. I've seen the clips. People are talking about them. So I was happy to see them get some TV time. I thought they were, I thought they were great here. This was two back-to-back -back fun tag team matches on Rampage. Crowd was here for it. Crowd really added to it, but it was fun. Yes, this crowd is incredible. They really add something to a show when they're just so into, I think them being in every individual person and doing the chants and stuff like that really helped too. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Then we get a House of Black promo. Looks like they're going to be recruiting Eddie Kingston. You think he's going to join? I didn't understand this promo. <laughs> you know what's funny is after that they were talking about that and they're like wow they're so cryptic it did remind me of like a Bray Wyatt promo back in 2016 where the character was getting away from him that was what this yeah. was kind of like I don't know what just happened like something about a man with a gun and, yeah. and Eddie Kingston needs help that's that's what I gather out of this but yeah. we'll see what happens I don't see Eddie Kingston joining House of Black but I, I think it'll be a fun match you knew a man who carried a gun around in his pocket because he did not trust the world, I believe was a quote. Oh, great. Good for you, bud. Hope he gets the help he needs. <laughs> Friend of the show, She Black, for $4.99. Jade has improved a lot. Her and Cassidy had the best matches on Battle of the Belts tonight. We will get into that. Is that the next match? No. Uh, before we get into no. Jade, and we will talk about that, I did think that that was a very good match, particularly the finish mm -hmm. as well. But we did get Princeton, Preston Vance versus Sonico, who was super over. 
Sonico in Portland, Oregon was one of the most over people on the show because obviously he's a local talent, but just completely gets destroyed by Preston Vance. You get a full Nelson discus lariat. It's a squash match. And this wouldn't be AEW if you did not unmask a luchador, which they did. There needs to be a highlight reel of all the times you've unmasked luchadors in this company. Oh my God. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. When did we start calling him Perro Peligroso? What was up with that? I did hear that a couple of times. I did not know that was his new name. I, I didn't know that that's what they were referring to. Okay. I, he should. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. This was, this was a squash match. Yeah. Next. You know what? I've seen masked Preston. I've seen unmasked Preston. Brother, I think you made a mistake taking that mask off. Like, good looking guy. I'm, I'm not saying this about his looks. In fact, he's a fairly good looking guy. He just looks like every other guy now. And when he was Preston Vance, I just felt like he looked like an action figure. Just this shredded physique with the mask on looked like something that kids would like in terms of an action figure a superhero type but now he just looks like every other guy yeah but he's perro peligroso now i guess if you speak spanish you'll get I over just, in terms of i just need him i need him to start barking but like like um the bark that grayson waller did to make fun of <laughs> of Ron breaker the little dog bark that's what i need to see from him <laughs> Let's get Roman to teach him that part. Hey. <laughs> nah, nah, Roman, Roman is more intimidating than this guy. Come on. Oh, Roman's got more bass in his voice than that. Yeah, Roman's a badass. <laughs> Perro Peligroso for real, though. Like, giving him freshmen, actually. I'm suing them. Oh, tell me how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you should lawyer up and, and let's get some money from Preston. Watch him change his idea. You're going to sue him and he'll change his identity. No, I'm back suing AW. I'm not suing Preston. I want to make money off it. Come on. <laughs> What are you saying that Preston Vance doesn't secure that bag like that? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm implying at all. <laughs> yeah, you're smarter to, smarter to sue AEW to get that real. And Warner Media, <laughs> screw it. Let's go to the top. Yeah, we'll sue all of them. We get to Darby Allen versus Mike Bennett. People super into Darby Allen. I'm really loving this new jacket that he's got, that hoodie. I think it fits him well. It's very unique and it, it's really good for Darby. Yeah. Yeah, he must have gone thrifting recently. It was great. Yeah, it looks like a gothic firefighter. Yeah, it, it really does look like one of those jackets that you find thrifting or at a vintage store. Like, you don't find that jacket every day. I will give him that. Um, but yeah, I thought this should have been on... Um, I thought this should have been on Battle of the Belts, though. Yeah, it really should have because he defended the title. I guess they just needed a main event for AEW Rampage. So it was Darby Allen mm -hmm. and Mike Bennett. I thought they had a great match. I thought it was really good. Mike Bennett quietly has significantly, I mean, he's always been a good worker, but we all remember the disaster that was Mike Kanellis. Uh, before that in ROH and even in Impact, he was incredible. And he's back to being that Mike Bennett because he had a great match with Darby Allen. Uh, Maria great was promo incredible too. In this. When he challenged yeah. Darby for the, for the belt, I thought they both did a good job with their promos. A couple times, yeah. They had the backstage promo and then the Mark Henry before the match. So uh, they had a lot of outside interference and Darby Allen fought off. The crowd really much behind him. Uh, they get an avalanche code red, followed by a coffin drop, and Darby Allen retains the TNT title. Yep. Uh, it was, do you think he, do you think it's like, okay, like Warlow couldn't beat Samoa Joe, but Darby can, and he can have a match two days later like it was nothing? Uh, see, especially how physical that match was. I do think that there's, especially because this is live, you know what I mean? And even if it wasn't, uh -huh. I think that they could have done a, a better job of at least not having him there, or if he was going to have a match, really playing up those injuries. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it just bothers me. It just feels like, I don't know. I don't know. I get it, though. I get why you utilize Darby on both shows. You know the crowds were going to be crazy for him, and he, and he worked, and, and he got his first title defense on, on, you know, on the books. So, great. Yes. And we have the second title defense in one week for the acclaimed as they put the titles on line against Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay. This is the opening of Power Belt. Yes, we get bars right out the bat. Of course, we get a January 6th reference. And then the bar of the entire scheme where he said, you're staying on this business, man, because Jeff Jarrett is worse than Vince McMahon. So just... He delivered. Maybe he uh, heard that people are saying his bars are not as savage as they were when he was a heel because this was a good one. He's heard that, or this Jeff Jarrett feud has really invigorated him, and now he has some real material to dive in, and he's able to put some real teeth behind these disses. Because, yes, this is the best back Max Caster of their babyface run. I did feel like he was getting a little soft in terms of his babyface raps. It did yeah. seem like they were pandering a little bit, but now he's back to being edgy. Yeah. This has been a great feud. I know a lot of people cry about Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I love I know. heels versus babyface. I don't care who, how high you are in a card. My favorite feuds will always be when there's clear bad guys and clear good guys that you're rooting for one team to win over the other. I need more of that in wrestling. Yeah, agree. But I, 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 I'm not mad at this feud. I, I, yeah, I love they, it. They, and you know when I realized it on Wednesday when they did that fake out for a quick moment and they put the belts on Jared and Jay Lethal, I was livid. Livid. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And Me I know too. they restarted the match. And I was like, holy shit, they have heat. Like people, it is I don't feel like it's go away heat. I, I I maybe I like Jeff Jerry just because the entrance theme is a banger. I hear it and I pop for it every single time that he has a great entrance music. But um, but yeah, I think the field has been okay. And and, and you gotta get the acclaim more wins here, and, and this is the perfect way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Any heat is good heat. If somebody goes out of their way to tweet that you have go away heat, that's not go away heat. Go away heat is when you forget to tweet about somebody at all and you just get yeah. apathy. If you get fired up enough to say that somebody sucks, that's heat, you know, and they're doing a good job being heels. Most go away heat, you turn the channel or you, or it's exactly. background noise because you don't, you get up to go get popcorn or things like that. Exactly. You don't have time for that. Uh, we get this. So the, it was a good finishing sequence in that they did another type of Aubrey saves the day type finish to where we got Jay Lethal hits it. So this is a no disqualification match. Jay right. Lethal hits a flying elbow on the referee while Jeff Jarrett is in a hold. And they're like, well, it's a no disqualification match. You can do whatever he wants. Like, then why the hell would you hurt the referee if you could do whatever you want? It's <laughs> a good point. I didn't think about it that way. Just to be a jerk. You know, they're heels. You know, I guess that's what they do. So we get a big pop for the shot on Satnam Singh. Let me tell you something. This Satnam Singh chokeslam Mike Posey, the referee, just killed this guy. But he's an impressive looking man. Mm -hmm. I really want to sure. see him debut as a wrestler. Uh, and then the Aubrey saves the day. She comes in after Sanjay Dutt tries to put the referee shirt on. And she counts them down. The acclaim beats Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt. I thought it was a fun match. The acclaim is so fun. The way they get the crowd going, the way they have just gotten over, you know, just being themselves, basically. I, I'm having fun. I'm glad they're getting their ring, and I'm glad that they're keeping them as champions right now. And it wasn't a, here's the belts. You deserve them for getting over. Now let's put them on somebody else. They're having a real title ring. I'm having fun. And I find myself enjoying their matches, whether it's sports entertainment or not. I love their matches. So, so Listen, I think the economy is a big, massive W every week for AEW, and they need to keep it that way. 
Yeah, this is great. Great segment. They're super over. Uh, we get a Will Hobbs promo, which I love where they're going with this. This guy's going to be a future world champion. I love these promos. The Book of Hobbs is coming. They're doing a slow build, and he's going to get a Do you think they're going to be? Do you think he's going to be a baby face or a heel? Eventually, a baby face. No choice. I think. I feel, I feel like they could go in either direction with him, and yeah. that, that makes me even more invested because the story that they tell us right now is either, oh my god, he has such a bad childhood, he's being able to overcome that, or he could come up as somebody that is like, oh my god, he wants revenge for all the shit he's been put through, and the fact that I don't know until they finally go through with the presentation every week i'm here for it absolutely and they're doing a good job of promoting him in terms of these stories he is coming off very mm -hmm. human and it is a likable thing even if he's being a hardened bad guy telling these stories he's being vulnerable he's opening up about these legitimate stories from his childhood so people are going to cheer him they have no choice but to in terms of him opening him up every week but i do think he's going to come in acting like a heel and being a heel and he's got such a great heel face but i just think that over time people are going to cheer will hobbs and he's going to be a big star either way and if he ever reunites with starks which i do hope we see at some point in the future it makes sense that he will have trust issues or that he will turn on him because he never had somebody that he could really trust like with the stories that they're telling us you know if they want to like unite them again in the future not now yeah. now when i see them shine on their own starts doing great stuff but um but that's also something that you can keep in the back of your mind but yeah i'm enjoying what they're doing with hops yeah so we get the kingston promo doesn't look like he's joining the house of black anytime soon it's gonna be him nope. probably in lax and then Good to see him on tv though on tv what it's good to see him on TV. Oh, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's great to see him on TV. I forgot that he was, you know, it's always good to see him, but he's been gone for a while. I don't think he's wrestled a match yeah. since the pay-per-view. I can't remember. I, I'm with you. I can't remember the last time I saw him wrestle. So we have Jade Cargill versus Sky Blue. Sky Blue, they gave her a lot. She was presented as the underdog. Oh, my God, she might pull this off. And then they had this great finish where it was a hurricane rata. Countered in midair by Jade Cargill. He picks her up and she hits her with the Jaded. People are really going crazy for this finish. And then this is another match where Chris Jericho is exclaiming, there's two winners of this match, Shivani. They, they both did a great job. But even though Sky Blue lost, she's a winner in my book. <laughs> Everybody's a winner in the book of Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He did say that about the Renegade sisters as well. I know, I know, but um, how much better is Jay getting in the ring? Great. I mm -hmm. thought it was an awesome match. It was one of these. I know there has been now the whispers, and I do expect 2023 to be the year that Jade's streak ends. I do think it's going to be Willow, but all these people now are crying about, oh, Jade needs to drop the title. It's been too long. It's run its course. No, it hasn't. This is one of the biggest stars in the wrestling business. If something runs its course, that is not the fault of her. That is the fault of the booking and telling the stories that you need to tell. And if you look at how they're booking Jade, she hasn't really had the best storylines to work with. They had that horrible and, segment okay. where she sat down and said she wasn't going to leave and she left two minutes later. They've done some yeah. terrible things booking-wise. She's just such a big star, she can overcome it. So you need to write better stories for Jade Cargill. So this, when it's time to drop that belt, it could be a big deal. But also, why would she drop the belt that was basically created for her? Yeah, you know, like, it needs to be a good storyline. It needs to go to someone that they have built up to that because you didn't spend all these years building Jay for it to just go to the next person because he's run his course. Like that's not the way that it works. It's the same thing with people telling me with the Roman Reigns story. 
I get that Roman Reigns is sober at this point that he doesn't need titles, but you build this reign to be so historical that it can't just end just to end. It has to be a historic moment and go to the right person. I feel that way here. Not comparing them, but but you get the point. It's that you build for that, then you need to make the moment happen. You cannot just stop halfway and be like, yeah, I'm done with this marathon and just stop. So I want when Jay loses to go to a person that they built. And right now they haven't really built anyone. So he needs to continue for a little while longer. Absolutely. And that's a great comparison and a great point made. I completely agree with both fronts. Thank you. We had a great a, match. Great match. I, I, I really thought we had some good wrestling on tonight, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. These were two really good wrestling shows. And this Rampage show, uh, talk about banger after banger. Even the promos backstage. I thought they showed this mm-hmm. Anna Jay and Ty Mello. Just, I thought this was an incredible promo. This fired up. Just going insane on uh, Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale. Ty Mello talking about she's from the streets of Brazil. And so she knows how to get down and dirty. Talking about how they bled before. And they're showing clips of that brutal match where Ty Conti and Anna Jay and the bunny all bled. And this is, I thought, I knew nothing about the fact that these four women were even feuding. But after this one promo, I was like, okay, I'm going to be there. And I can't wait for this match. Yeah, and I wish they talked more about the legitimacy that Tay Mello has. Like, like yeah. I get that because she gained some heat with the whole Sammy Guevara story and all that, but she's a black belt. Like, this woman can fight Sammy's battles for him. Yeah. Like, and, and, and talking about being from the streets of Brazil, I'm going to tell you something. That's scary. Like, let her bring this side of her more because Tay Mello is a badass, and I wish they would present her that way. I was happy I was happy to see this side of her bring brought, brought back up and the visuals of that incredible match that they put on where everybody bled and everybody just went all out, all the women that were involved in that. So I'm excited to see this. Yeah, 100%. I thought they did a great job. Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy is your main event. Mr. Friday Night himself, Orange Cassidy, there's no best friends there. They're telling this story with Orange Cassidy where he's on the outs with the best friends at the moment. Uh, they got their <laughs> – Jim Ross jumps in while they're trying to set up that, oh, they used to be friends and now they're not talking as much. And Jim Ross just goes, they got their feelings hurt. Get over it. <laughs> That's, something. That's something I would say, actually. It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> Jim Ross has no time for the best friend's feelings. Uh, so they come down, they make the save at one point against Butcher and Blade. But even the commentary says, oh, are they making the save for Orange Cassidy or are they just handling their own business? Orange Cassidy toward the end of the match. I thought this had some pretty good spots. Kip Sabian looked great in here. Orange Cassidy really fired up and then he pushed the ref down. So Orange Cassidy losing his temper and they're really playing that up. And then he finally recovers to get the orange punt for the win. Orange Cassidy retains the All-Atlantic Championship Easter. Yeah, this was a match that I personally didn't ask for, but I was here for it. It looked great. Um, Orange Cassidy is someone that, while I just can't, I don't get the gimmick, I can't get behind it, but every time he's wrestling, he manages to win me over. I think he's so talented in the ring. Kip Sabian, under, underrated. I wish that we use him more because yeah. he's also like that. Like You see him wrestling, you're like, wow, this this guy is really good. Um, so it was it was a great way to end Battle of the Belts. Um, and we'll see what happens. I wish this this title felt slightly more important. It doesn't. Um, and I don't know what they can do to make this title. Maybe not carry around in a book bag. But anyways, they need to do something to make this title feel like it's a bigger deal. Um, and I don't know that, that it feels that way now. But the matches that Orange Cassidy is putting on week after week are all incredible. 
Yeah, and I thought Kip Sabian, in terms of he's a good worker, we all know that, but I thought as a heel, as a character and a performer, he was doing a great job getting heat and slowing the match mm-hmm. down. And obviously the crowd was good, but I thought Kip Sabian really did come off like a star. Yeah, they both did, but I agree. Yeah, so this is great. It was a good night of wrestling. Even those four hours that you said, even though it is very late over there and we're going to wrap this podcast up, I thought it was a good night of wrestling and uh, we'll look forward to Tuesday. Yeah, it was a great night of wrestling. And even backstage promos, I, I just thought both shows, the flow of it, it went by fast. It didn't feel that way. When I sat down to start the podcast is when I actually realized how late it actually was. Everything felt like it went by pretty fast. And I appreciated that because sometimes Rampage feels like a drag, even though it's only an hour long show. Tonight, both Rampage and Battle of the Belts, I thought went by as fast as SmackDown did. Yeah, Absolutely. So for NYC Demon Diva with a one on Twitter, I am at This Is Nasty on Twitter, at Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube, Alfred Kunawa and the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Join us again on Tuesday for NXT New Year's Evil. Should be a fun show. And the return of Glenn Rubenstein. Good night, everybody. Happy January 6th. (laughs) Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.